So this is Rise and Build, week two. And we have called this a year to multiply. That's our word for the year, isn't it? Do you feel like your life is multiplying? Well, it's only March, okay? (laughs) You've still got time. That was our word for the year, and I believe that's what God's saying to us. I want to multiply the impact of your life, the effect of your life. I want to, to do such a work in you that the things you did before, the fruit of them, when you do them now, will multiply. When you uh, share a word with somebody who before would ignore you, they will say, tell me about your Jesus. I believe this is what God wants us to do. It's what he wanted us to do all along, to believe that he wants to multiply himself in us. So last week, Nigel kicked it off with uh, Matthew 28, and we looked at the scripture about all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. So our big call is to go and make disciples. And as Nigel said, it's not about coming to church. It's not about a whole list of things. It says, now go and make disciples. So that's not just leading people to Christ, is it? That's discipling them in the way of Jesus. Yeah? And the bit I like about that, it says, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, as Jesus talking. And who is now living in us? Jesus. So where does all authority rest? In us. Did you get that? All authority in heaven and on earth is now in you. Have you thought about that? Wow. Can I ask, what are we doing with that authority? We have, our words are more powerful than you realize. The things we do, he, um, Carl Beach was saying, which is a great way to put it, that every, he was talking about a crime scene, and, um, There's always something left. There's always a clue. You cannot go anywhere without leaving an imprint of some sort. And he was talking about us, that we need to realize that everywhere we go, whether we like it or not, whether we choose to or not, we're leaving an imprint of something. If we're bringing all heaven and earth with us, something is going to be left behind. Wouldn't it be good if we made a decision to make that a good thing? (laughs) The... um, the one that made me laugh was because uh, we stopped at McDonald's afterwards <coughs> on the way back, as you do, you know, <laughs> top of the food chain. <laughs> and uh, we remembered this story about Carl and another guy went to a Christian conference and they were doing a, a, a stall there. They went to get pizza across the road from the conference place. And the waiter said to him, uh, just to warn you, there's a whole load of Christians in this place. I went, All right, really? Wow. Yeah, they... Uh, they, they never give any tips. They're really, they complain about all the food, and, uh, and they just drink tap water. He says it's the worst week when the Christian conference is on across the road. So he didn't tell them that they were Christians. <laughs> what, isn't that? I mean, that's somebody's not a Christian going, that's what it's like when the Christians are in town. Sorry, guys. Come on. And I'm sure you're thinking that's not you, but let's just think. All right, we're leaving an imprint. Oh, if that's his testimony, oh, I don't want the Christians in town. They're tight. They complain about everything, and they just drink water. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't want to be like that. Do you? Let's be generous. 
And let's remember everywhere we go. So we were not going to complain at McDonald's. <laughs> oh, no. We were going, this is the best restaurant we've ever been to. I love this food. Hallelujah. Thou shalt not lie. No, no. So that was last week, and uh, Nigel challenges and all that, to really also, God has given us a big vision, but remember it's about the ones. It's about the, sm- the small things as well. So yes, we have a big vision, but we're all called to meet the needs of the people in front of us. So let's, let's do that. So this week, week two, uh, we are in Jeremiah 29, if you would like to look that up just before we have our video. Jeremiah 29, and we will be starting at verse 4. So let me hear all that rustling of real Bibles being rustled. Who's got a real Bible? One that you can smell. (laughs) Good, some of you, some of you, okay. Some of you are hanging on, (laughs) hanging on. I use both, actually, so there you go. So, Jeremiah 29, if we could get ready with a video, and we'll do that now, and then we'll get into it. It's week two of Rise and Build. Today is about resourcing the vision and mobilizing the church. As leaders, we are deeply grateful for everyone who has stood with us through the years. Your giving has enabled us to do so much. Nehemiah had a great vision, but all the people had to be willing to get involved. This year we again have big plans, and we're once again asking everyone to be involved. Today is a day of practical involvement. Our talk is from Jeremiah chapter 29. We will look together at two things, individual responsibility and flourishing community. Let's do some dreaming together today. What would our communities look like if we each take responsibility in terms of our time, talents, and treasure? I'm expecting that God will raise us all up as willing people who are ready to make a difference. It's time to rise and build. (laughs) I love that. We're wondering, what was he going to (laughs) say? Obviously not meant to be in there. Brilliant. So it's time to rise and build. Well, let me set you the scene for our scripture, Jeremiah uh, 29. So this is when they have been, uh, the Jews have been abducted from their home. Now, we can read this and skip over about how awful that would be, but just imagine okay? You're in your home with your children, going about your everyday life. People you don't like, people who are mean, people with guns, just kick your door down and just take you and your whole family. You don't have time to take anything. And they whisk you out of your house and they take you, you do not know where to, to another country where you can't speak the language. Evil people take you somewhere else. Can you just think for a minute? how you would feel. Just think that through, that you're going about your everyday business and someone, Saddam Hussein and his troops, Osama bin Laden, (laughs) Hitler and his troops come waltzing in and just whisk you away. 
You've no time to get anything. That's what the people faced here when they were whisked off to Babylon. In fact, early in Jeremiah, it calls Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king, the destroyer of nations. They whisked him away. That's pretty horrible. Can you imagine the emotions? Can you imagine how you would feel? God, where are you in this? What's happening? Why are you doing this to us? I tithe every, every Sunday. I come to church every week. I say my prayers. I'm a good person. Blah, blah, blah. Why are you doing this to me? Why has this happened? And remember, these are God's people. So pretty horrific. And you're thinking your children are terrified. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, what is going to happen? Certain slavery. Our lives are over. That's the end. So pretty horrific. And that's the backdrop. And then... We get to our passage, and God drops a bomb. The worst thing ever. What would you want, God, the worst thing you could hear from God in that situation? Well, here it is. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. What? No, I don't want to be here. Why would you say that? Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. No way. I don't even want to be here. This is, this is awful. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Well, that's it. <laughs> That's the end of it. No way. Why would you ask me to do that? I've been taken away from everything I know. My security. I've been put in slavery by people I do not like, I do not understand, I do not want to be with, in a country I've never been in. And he says this. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Remember that. And if we can get the uh, next slide, individual responsibility. So remember that you too will prosper. There were also some false prophets (laughs) that were speaking around this time saying Don't unpack. God's going to come and rescue you really quickly. It's going to be over really soon. Don't fret. Just hang tight. Hold on. God's coming to get you really soon. And then Jeremiah says, no, don't listen to that. Jeremiah is saying, you've got to make the most of it where you are right now. This isn't going to be over quickly. So what are you going to do? Are you going to live in misery, holding back all the time? Or are you going to really start to live? Whatever your situation, whatever you're in, whatever you're facing, we have an individual responsibility to really live, to make the most of it. If God did it with his people, 
And now we're his people. If he did it then, then surely the circumstances, the situations you face, we should apply the same truth. We should hear God saying, what are you, what are you doing? Make the most of it. This may last a little while, but you can still thrive. You can still live. You can still prosper. You can still increase. You can still bless the city, bless the town, bless the, the home, the street that you're in. You can still make a difference where you are. So despite your circumstances, we've got to live well. We have to make the most of it. Because otherwise, what we're doing is applying one-day thinking. I'm going to give you a few scenarios, and I want you to be honest if you tick any of these boxes. One-day thinking says, when I get married, it will be better. I'll be the man or woman I was meant to be. We'll do it together. When I have children, that'll be the answer. I've always wanted a child. When I get that new house, that'll be the... I'll really start living then. I'll really start being the person I was meant to be when I go to my next shopping trip. (laughs) These two just went, yes! Oh, the next new dress, or the next suit, or the next pair of shoes. That's it. That's my answer. I'm going to be. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to really start walking the way I always wanted to. Yes. That's the answer. Or have you ever been in the place where I'm just waiting for the weekend? I was there throughout most of my 20s. I just lived for Friday night. What a waste of a life. What a waste. Monday to Friday. Oh, Friday, Friday. So we can go out. Really start living. Really start having fun. What a waste. I call that my lost decade, apart from the bit where I met Lorraine. That was at the end of it. (laughs) She set me free. (laughs) Yeah, it went uphill after that. (laughs) Did you say well recovered? (laughs) Yeah. Or, and I've heard this a few times, Oh, I can't wait to retire early. Then I'm really going to do all the things I wanted to do. I'm going to really start living. Can I tell you, most of what I hear, it doesn't really quite happen. Maybe for some of you. But mostly, it doesn't. Has anyone ever had any of those thoughts? When we finish the house, we will have so much time to do all the things we want to do. Oh, no, you won't. Because there will be another excuse. There will be another procrastination. There will be something else that takes over. I guarantee you. (laughs) Is this reaching anyone's hearts? (laughs) Isn't it so true? We sit down here looking one day, one day, one day when this changes. When I find the perfect church, (laughs) then I'm going to be the Christian I was meant to be. Well, let me tell you, you are never going to find the perfect church. Wherever you are, and I'd love to preach this to every church, can you just stay put and make the most of it? You know, pray for the peace of the city and the peace of the church and be the person you were meant to be right now. Preach it, brother.
So I want you to think for a minute or two and be honest with yourself. What are you sitting there waiting for that you don't have to, that's stopping you living now in abundance, in fullness, and being the person you were meant to be? What excuses do you keep using? What are you procrastinating about? Because the truth is, God wants you to live on purpose right this second, from here on. He has something for you to do now. Something for you to be right now. So just have a think between you and God and be honest. Father, would you start now to plant purpose in our hearts? Would you start to show us how do we get beyond that? How do we stop with the one-day thinking and the making excuses and the procrastinating? I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to live in fullness now, today. Some of us have been making excuses for far too long. And I'm going to put my hand up to that too. I'm quite ambitious. I I want to move on. But sometimes I feel I'm sneaking my way up (laughs) or forward. And I had a word recently that really spoke to me. It's time to put your boots on and start making some noise. So, Father... Forgive me for the times I've had used one day thinking and made excuses and procrastinated. I know what you've put in my heart. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to repent from those things and turn around and say, Lord, I'm going to live on purpose from this second forward. I'm going to stop making that excuse that I keep making. And I'm going to live for you 100%. Jesus name. Amen. So then he goes on and there's some wonderful promises if we grasp hold of this. So after he's dropped this bomb and you're thinking I'm in a foreign land. Oh no. What am I going to do? This is horrible. He wants me to be a good upstanding citizen and live my life here in this horrible place. Then he says do not let your prophets as verse 8. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of of Babylon, trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. 
In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And I will be found. How amazing is that? I will be found by you. Wow. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will fortunes and I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again to your own land. So what's the promise in there? Well, if we will stop with the one-day thinking and the making excuses and the procrastinating and be the Christians we know we're meant to be, love the people we know we're meant to love, witness when we are given an opportunity, love our husbands and wives and children the way God does, the way we know we're meant to, but we keep making excuses for doing those things for one reason or another. That's not how I was brought up. I was never shown love. I'm going to confess my wife will be pleased about I find it really hard to say sorry when I'm at home for some reason I find it easy outside and they're always telling me off and I'm going yeah but you know my mom never said sorry (laughs) must get it from her well what sort of a man am I to blame my mother (laughs) when I know what I'm doing and I've got I've got this all authority of heaven and earth and I'm going, well, it's me, Mum. <laughs> That's why. How ridiculous is that? My poor mother. Not much of a man, am I? If I keep making excuses like that. I need to wise up to myself and say, sort yourself out. She's loving this. <laughs> <laughs> But then the promises are here. You know, if we can start living now, that whole waiting, you'll be waiting until Jesus comes back. And you'll keep waiting. If you can live it now, he will raise you up. He will accelerate your future. He will accelerate all the things he's got for you if you can just change your perspective. Turn your head around and go, I'm going to give it everything from this second forth. I don't know exactly what he wants me to do, but I'm going to find out. I'm going to stop making excuses as to why I can't be a witness. Why I can't tell people what Jesus has done for me. We can all do it. Because you can all speak. You can all say, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. Wonderful. And let's get the next one up. So he finishes the first bit by saying, In the welfare of the city, you will find welfare. Your success... Your prosperity is tied up, and what he's saying here, in the prosperity of the place that you live, or the church that you attend to, or the community that you're a part of. We've got to love that place with everything in us, and do whatever whatever Jesus would do in that community. And I know we love Wyndham, and we love, I'm sure you love the place you could be, you live, but let's take that as a reminder, the promise Because if it prospers, so will you. Your prosperity is linked to what you're giving back to your community that you're in. Amen? So why don't you listen to God now and ask him, what am I not doing that I need to do? What do I need to do to the people here, to the community I'm in, to the town I live in, the village, the city? What do I need to bring to it? Because my prosperity is tied up with what I bless the place I live 
with.